Hello everyone and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So if undoubtedly, just by clicking on this video or this podcast, you probably have undoubtedly been able to tell I finally got a sponsor. This ministry has a sponsor through Spotify. So God is now blessing us with some ability to make some sort of income to help further the gospel, which is always a positive thing. And with you and with you right now, go ahead and hitting that subscribe button and like button. That really goes to helping us too because it puts it into the algorithm that gets more people to come to this channel so they can hear the word of God. And the further, and so more people can hear this stuff. So you doing that, and Spotify doing their part, and me preaching a little bit on this thing, it's doing fantastic. So here's a big question for today: Are how do you know you're going to heaven? Or I should ask, how? So you think you're going to heaven? It's kind of a loaded question slash statement. How do you know? A lot of people, I, I've come across this quite a bit in the church too, and I've been watching videos on this. I've also encountered this over at local churches, where they will say, "I'm going to heaven," and that they act the most unchristian-like. And you ask them, "Okay, so um, how do you know you're going to heaven?" I asked that one, this one gal, this one question, and she goes, "Well, I'm a church member. Church members go to heaven." I, I honestly didn't know how to really respond because I was like, um, that's not that's not how this works. You probably, you may or may not have come across this. If you have, listen up. And if you haven't, you're probably going to come across this. A lot of people think that they're going to go to heaven because they donate a lot of money to the church or that they're church members or that they sit in the front of church and they sing or they're in the worship band or whatever ministry they're in. They're going to heaven because of that. So let's take a look at this. I, I was pulling up. I'm going to look at it here. Luke chapter 3, verse 8. And I'm going to scroll down here to the NIV. Here we go. All right. So what does Luke have to say? You've got to have to say about this in the book of Luke. Now, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. Now, what does that have to do with church membership? Well, back in the day, the Pharisees believed that they were all going to go to heaven because they were related to Abraham. That's right. If you go back to Genesis here and you take a look at that, Abraham was promised by God to be descendant, um, uh, to have descendants as numerous as the stars, and that through him all the nations might be saved and all the blessings would come through, and the promised Messiah to save the entire world would come from his lineage. So the belief was, at least the Jewish people created this later on, that as long as they knew that Abraham was their father they pretty much had a guaranteed trip to heaven. Just like the people in churches now, well, several of them, I'm pretty sure you have them in your church too, who go, look, I donate money to church, therefore I get to go to heaven. Or, hey, look, I have church membership, I'm going to heaven. Or, hey, look, I contribute in some way, and I'm going to heaven. And then you look at their lives, and what do they do? They're slandering people, gossiping behind someone's back. They're full of malice and anger, greed, jealousy, all these different things. It's like it's like the Pharisees that were right there. In fact, if we look over at this, I was actually looking at gotquestions.org. This is for Bible answers. So, John the Baptist. And I'm going to go ahead and read this from this, this site. If you want to, go to gotquestions.org, and they will actually talk about this. John the Baptist condemned the Pharisees and the Sadducees as a brood of vipers. This is found in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. A brood of vipers is a family of snakes because vipers are venomous. Go figure. I mean, not all of them, but, you know, for the pretense of this, go figure. John was um, 
essence, like, um, in essence, calling the religious leaders deadly sons of serpents. It's quite a, it's quite a bold um, thing to call somebody. And then the one Jesus repent, uh, report, repeated to the Pharisees. So, sorry about that. Wow. So, he's calling them a generation of vipers. And when, he, when Jesus called them out, it's found in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. So, what was it like? The Pharisees and the Sadducees were, a, were the religious leaders in Israel during the time of John the Baptist and Jesus. The Pharisees were law keepers and prom promoters of tradition. And the Sadducees compared the wealthier... Or, comprised the wealthier ruling class. Over the centuries, the, the well-meaning groups had become corrupt, legalistic, and hypocritical and would easily be responsible for crucifying the Son of God. They earned their label Brood of Vipers as a sobering with deep meaning that obviously, uh, that is obvious at a first glance. So here we have it right here. And this is also for church leaders. It comes from people in the church are you corrupt, legalistic, and hypocritical? Are you? Are you claiming to be a Christian, but you're not living in it? Because when we look at this and we go, how am I going to get into heaven? Well, we already know here from Luke chapter 3, verse 8, that God, and I'm going to paraphrase it into here a little bit, God can raise children for himself. Adopted children, remember that from John chapter 1? John... Sorry, wow, it said Sean there. So God can raise up children for himself from the stones you're standing on. God's capable of doing that. So if you're that person who thinks, again, that you're donating lots of money, that you're, oh, like uh, my wife's uncle living in Florida, he's a huge Joel Olstein fan. Wow. This guy, we tried sitting down and having a talk because he wanted to talk to my wife and I about something, and then it turned into this, and I asked him. Again, I always, and here's the thing, here's the thing. I always ask people, wherever they may come from, if they're interested in research. I can send them information, whatnot, and because they have disagreements. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> it's kind of a test. A true person who's seeking out righteousness with Jesus Christ is kind of like the question Dr. Frank Turk states whenever he's trying to ask a question to an atheist. If Christianity were true, would you be a Christian? The answer is yes. It's just an intellectual issue. If it's no... It's something far more personal, emotional, whatnot. They have an issue. Well, I do the same thing with people. I'll ask you, hey, would you like to get some research Some research I found? I can give it to you. No harm, no foul. You don't even have to come talk to me about it. it could just, you could sit in your office, look at it whenever you want to, if you even want to look at it. And know what majority of people say? Like 99.999%. It's like that, uh, it's like that uh, hand sanitizer. That kills 99.99% of germs. Know what they say to me? No. No. No, I, I, I don't want your research. I don't want your stuff. I don't want to look at this. I don't want to read. I even said, I even said, how about this? Why don't we just open the Bible and read it really quick? <clears throat> Since we're talking about God's word and talking about what Jesus talks about and about lifestyles, why don't we crack open the old book and take a look. Maybe we can get the one off your shelf that's been doing nothing but collecting dust for the last 500 years since you've got it once at a church meeting and haven't touched it since. You know, we can make it feel some love. You know, like the ta ta and plus the pages might smell, have that nice new you know, book smell to it. Well, if it's been sitting there with dust, maybe make you sneeze a bit. But there you go. We can say God bless you and, you know, give you a blessing. So there's a positive. But know what they say? You know what? I've come across a lot of people who are like this. All, and they're not just Catholic and not just Protestant. All, all over. They'll say, no. No, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, you're good. 
You're good. You believe things that are not accurate to the Bible. You're hinging your eternity on these ideas that don't exist in the Bible whatsoever that you've just fabricated because some bad teacher or you or whoever, whoever you, or some crackpot old fool who is telling you lies and or you just formulated your mind because guess what? It makes you feel more comfortable. You don't want to have the knowledge. You don't want to learn. You don't want to see, oh, I'm making a mistake. I think it's because you're, that those people are arrogant. They're prideful and they're arrogant. It's interesting because I like also to read about William Shakespeare and, and, and the Greeks in the theater. I'm, I'm, I'm from a theater background and I love Star Wars. And there's, it's, a, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I was watching Star Wars and one of it was George Lucas pointed out. He said, you know, one of the great falls, the Greek, uh, the, uh, the Greek story of the great fall is pride always precursors a fall. You know, well, these people show much pride. Pride leads them straight to hell. Because guess what? On the great day of judgment, they'll be like, God, I believed in you. Lord, I believed in you. And what's God going to say? Well, he says it clearly. Let me try to pull it up here really fast. All right. Let's see here. So I pulled up on Googly here, and it's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. And I say not ever. And let's read it really fast. I'm going to read from the New King James Version because it's the first thing that popped up on my, on my screen. Not everyone who says to me, "Lord, Lord," shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, "Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done wonders in your name?" And then I will declare to them, "I never knew you. Depart from me." You who practice lawlessness. Woo! Talk about like a punch in the face. That's like a right hook coming out of nowhere and decking you. And this all could be solved. And I hate to make it so simple, but it is this simple. It could be simply solved by reading the Bible and being humble and approaching and asking the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to open your eyes to what's going on. That's like... I get, for you and for me, you who are listening and for me, that's not that difficult. And don't get me wrong, there are times I have difficult. I'll get angry. I don't want to listen to it. I'm frustrated. I just, shut up, get out of there. That's usually how I want to act. But then I realize I have to be humble and I have to correct myself. It's something <clears throat> that I even ask you as a listener to pray for me as I continuously try to be more Christ-like as I try, I'm working on my sanctification. Again, but let me clarify, I'm not expecting that working on my sanctification is going to get me into heaven. I'm already there. But it helps me become more like Jesus through trials and tribulations. So these people don't want to accept Christ's message in the Bible. They want to hear what the bleeding, their itching ears want to hear. This should be terrifying. And it's so it's it's one of those if you're humble, letting go of your pride is not something that's difficult to understand. It's like oh okay, just let go of your pride, you know, and let's read the Bible. That's why I suggest it, but to see how many people think they're going to heaven, which sets false ideas in their head, and worst of all, they don't want to hear the gospel message. They don't want to hear about Jesus. They think they understand who Jesus is. They don't open their Bible, and they're just going to trust what that person, Joel Olstein or whoever they're listening to, is telling them it's going to happen. Well, that false teacher, another false teacher, is going to sneak you straight to hell. It's interesting because I also came across people who said, well, if I follow the law, like Mormons who will be like, even Catholics, if I follow the law, I'll make it in heaven. If I follow the rules, I'll get to heaven. 
Here's the interesting part. Paul talks about this in Corinthians and Ephesians and Romans. The law is not meant to save you. It's not going to save you. It never intended to save you. It's meant to show you who you are. When we break down the Ten Commandments, I mean, I go through them and I go, dang, flat, man. Even though I am saved by grace, which I am grateful that Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on the cross for a wretched person like me, I was a, one of the worst people in the world you come across. I've committed murder. I've hated my brother. I've hated my neighbor. I've committed adultery. I've lusted after women. I've told lies. I've stolen things. I've taken things that are not mine. I am that person. I'm not the great person I wish you all to think of. That's why, you know, you need Jesus Christ. The law points out who the living heck you are. And then what it's meant to do is convict you. But the conviction is meant to lead you to Jesus, the only person who can save you, relieve you of your sins, relieve you of your shame, relieve you of anxiety. Through him. That's what we're trying to do. But too often, this pride that people have that they're church members, they donate money to it, or whatever reason they may have, keeps them away from that. And that's what's going to happen here. You're going to show up on the day of the great day of the Lord and say, Lord, Lord. And he's going to tell you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I hope this hits you at home. I hope that this reaches several people who need to hear this. And if, you, and if you're not in this predicament, maybe it'll just keep you away from going that direction. But I want to encourage you too, that you have strength in Christ. I encourage you to always be love, to love your enemies. Pray for those who pray. Love your neighbor as Christ has loved the church. Don't worry if, oh my gosh, well, am I going to get to heaven now? Am I going to get there? Yes, you will. The Bible teaches, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whomever shall believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. As long as you put your faith and trust into Jesus and walk. And remember, you can't go repeating your sins over and over and over again and it's all chill. You are dead to your sin. You died to your sin. You were baptized by the Holy Spirit. You're dead to it. You're a new creation. You're a new creation through Christ. You'll get to heaven. You already received justification through Jesus Christ on that cross when he died for your sins. That is your justification. He took upon your punishment on that cross and he rose from the dead, showing that, giving us, the, giving us the affirming that we are going to rise, we have risen with Christ. That death has no hold in us. So live that way. So, question Are you, are you sure you're going to heaven? Are you 100%? If you're with Jesus, and you believe he is the Lord and Savior? Yes. If the answer is anything different than Jesus, maybe, maybe you better go check yourself and open, crack open that dusty old Bible. So, until next time, may God richly bless y'all, my dearly beloved.